Wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out and leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. Knowing which book to look in when you need to solve a problem is just as valuable as having the book, period. Great all exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has, relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. Trailday.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You're now tuned in to the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella one unified philosophy that is called Work On Your Game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is what you must bring to the table whenever you are entering into a partnership or you aim to enter into a partnership. Before I go into that, let me tell everybody, first of all, that my daily motivation text message, the message that I send to your phone every morning, guaranteed to keep you focused, sharp, and on point, is free. And I send it to everyone who's in my text community. So if you're not in it yet, all you got to do is send me a text right now at the following number, which is 305-384-6894. And every day when I send out that daily motivation, since you are on the list, you'll be getting that text message every single morning, free of charge, again, straight to your phone. So do that right now since you already have your phone in your hand or in your pocket while you're listening to me. And now let's get into the introduction to this topic, what you must bring to the table whenever you want to enter into a partnership. I thought of this subject because I had somebody who had reached out to me recently from when this is being recorded, who was, they wanted me to partner with them on something that they want to do, some kind of business deal that this person wanted to do. And to make a long story short, this partnership did not happen simply because this individual didn't have anything to offer in exchange for what they wanted me to bring to the table. They didn't bring anything to the table. So everything on the table, right? If you're watching this on video right now, you see me sitting at a desk, everything on the table would have been brought by me. Like this person wasn't really bringing anything to the table. So since they had nothing to offer, we didn't do a deal. And so I'm going to explain what that nothing means. When I say nothing, I'm going to explain what that means through these points here today. And all of you, if you want to do any business through partnerships, and you should do business through partnerships, because as I've said many times here on the show, you can get a lot more done through other people, through other people's tools and skills and resources than you can get done yourself, because there's only so much that you are capable of, and even I am capable of. But when you collaborate with other people, 
you each can fill each other's gaps. Whatever you're missing, they have. Whatever they're missing, you have. And it doesn't even have to be one person. It could be three, four, ten people. But you got to bring something to the table. You don't bring anything to the table. Why would anybody want to collaborate or partner with you? The great thing about the world today, because of our interconnectivity, one of the great things about the interconnectivity is that it's easy to connect with other people. You only have to meet them in person and you can do business with them and you don't have to be in the same physical space as them to consummate business, even if you have met them in person before. And that's one of the reasons why collaboration is such a big thing these days. So we have access to information. We can connect with each other anywhere in the world as long as someone has access to the internet. So how can you do this? You still got to bring some resources besides the fact that you have an internet connection. That's not going to be enough. So let's get into it. Point number one. Topic once again is what you must bring to the table whenever you would like to do a partnership. And understand that these points that I'm going to share here today, you don't need to have all of them, but you need to have at least one of them. All right. So this is kind of like a multiple choice that I'm going to share here today. Number one, if you want to partner with another person, you want them to work with you, one thing you can bring to the table is money. All right. This is a universal language of business is money. All right. Everybody understands that, right? Number one, money. You want to do a business deal with another person and you have nothing to offer them that I'm going to cover my other points here today. A simple way to get somebody's attention is money. You can say to them, look, I will pay you this much money in exchange for you doing this thing. And if it's enough money, you can get somebody's attention and you can get their cooperation. So many of you may not even look at paying somebody as a collaboration, but it kind of is. It actually not kind of is. It is. It is a collaboration. I'm giving you money and you're going to do this thing for me. Now, you hire a personal trainer. You tell the trainer, OK, I will pay you your fee of $200 per session and you're going to train. me. Right? That's a collaboration. Y'all are working together, right? You're collaborating. Offer somebody money. Offer them a way where they can make money and you can at least get somebody's attention, if not their cooperation and agreement. You at least get them to listen to what you're saying. If somebody's doing business and business being defined as the exchange of resources between people, usually money is one of the resources being exchanged and you can offer them a way to do more business. In other words, a way to make more money. You can at least get them to listen to you, even though they may not say yes. You can at least get them to listen because you're offering them money. I don't know too many people who are not interested in money. Again, depending on the amounts. Now, if it's not enough money, you might not get their attention. But if you offer them enough money, you can get them to possibly do something with you. There was a guy who wrote a book. I forget the guy's name, but he did a collaboration book, just keyword collaboration. And he did this book with Donald Trump. And this is pre-politics Donald Trump because he used to run these guy. They did a book together. I forget the name. of I forget which book it was, but I read this book. And the guy was telling the story of how he would run these conferences on his own volition. He ran these personal development, professional development conferences. And one year he had the idea, OK, I'm going to bring Donald Trump in to come speak at my conference because he knew that bringing in a guy like Donald Trump would attract his name, would bring a whole bunch more signees, signups to his conference. So just get Donald Trump's name there would make him a lot more money because a bunch of people will come to the conference just because Donald Trump was going to be there. So he reached out to Donald Trump. And of course, he didn't reach Trump directly, but he reached Trump's gatekeeper. And he said, OK, I got $10,000 to offer Mr. Trump to come speak at my event. And Donald Trump's gatekeeper said, well, Mr. Trump is not interested and basically cut him off and they basically ended the conversation. So the guy said, all right, his whole point was in telling the story, he was determined to get Donald Trump to come speak at his conference. So when the gatekeeper said no the first time, he didn't really hear it. He just came back. He figured, all right, well, Donald Trump's a money guy, so let me just offer more money. So he started at 10000 So then he called back and said, well, I got $25,000 to offer Mr. Trump. And he got the exact same answer. Mr. Trump is not interested and he's not available. Click, hang up. Then he went and gathered more money, reached out again. He said, all right, well, this time, well, he came back and basically as if the first conversations had never happened. He said, I got $50,000 to offer 
Mr. Trump? And he got the exact same answer. Mr. Trump is not available and he's not interested. Conversation over. Then he went and got more money gathered up and he said, well, I got $100,000 to offer Mr. Trump to come speak in my conference. And now he finally got an answer and said, "Okay, well, we might be able to work that out. And he ended up getting Donald Trump to come to his conference and he spoke at the conference. He paid Donald Trump 100000 when his initial initial idea was to pay him 10000 He had to 10x that, got Donald Trump to speak at the conference and they built a relationship. They ended up writing a book together. I don't want to quote which book it was of Trump's because he got several books and almost all of them are collaborations. So you can even look at that. He's not a guy who sits down and writes out all his books by hand. Tony Robbins is another guy. I was just in a bookstore just yesterday from the day that I'm recording this and I saw Tony Robbins had pumped out another book. And those of you familiar with Tony know that this guy does not speak with brevity. All right, Tony Robbins is a guy who you get him talking, he's going to go way longer than you expect him to talk. He's the only person I've ever seen who did a TED Talk and they let him go over the time. All right, his TED Talks, you get 18 minutes. Tony Robbins' TED Talk was 23 minutes. This is probably about 10 years ago he did that TED Talk. But he's a guy who always goes over time. I've seen him at a couple of conferences and he always speaks for like four to five to six hours. Hours. He will go and he doesn't stop. And anyway, I saw a book that he just recently put out. It was about health, about physical health. And it's a very thick book, but he has a couple of co-authors with him in these books. And he, just like Trump, is not a guy who I think is sitting down naturally banging out on a typewriter and writing out all the things that are going to go in that book or writing it by hand. Even he probably just talks. Somebody else takes it down and then they go and edit it and put it all together. What's the whole point? Collaboration. He is collaborating with other people. They get paid. To do that, he makes money on the back end when the book gets sold and probably gets in a nice advance up front. But that's the whole point is that you have to offer people something that they want in a universal language of business of what people want is money. There's almost nobody on the planet who's not interested in making some money, no matter how much they already have. So figure out if you don't have any of these other things, I'm going to get to those in a minute, but I want to start with the basic one, which is money. If you have enough money to offer somebody, you can pretty much get whatever you want. Maybe not from that person, but from somebody. You can at least get them to listen. So the person who had reached out to me that sparked the idea for this masterclass was not willing to offer me money. And actually, they said in their own words, they were not able to offer me money. Not that they weren't willing, but they were unable because they didn't have it. Suddenly, they didn't have much money to play with. So fine. All right. So then since they didn't have money, I thought to myself, okay, let's see if they have any of the other assets that could possibly lead to a collaboration. And let's get into those. Point number two, today's topic, once again, is what you must bring to the table if you want to partner with another person. Second thing you can offer, if you don't have money, you can offer knowledge. And understand you can combine these as well. You don't have to have just one of them. You can combine them. If you have all of them, even better. But let's say you have knowledge. You don't have money. You can offer some knowledge and information, access to information that another person simply does not have or Since these days, everyone can access information. Maybe they don't know where to find it, but it is available to them. You can offer what we call insights. I talked about this in episode 1177. Insights that another person doesn't have. In other words, you can see things that they can't see. You can discern things that another person is unable to discern, even though they have access to the information. They don't know which information to look for. One of the things that I've shared, let me tell you what episode that was. That was episode number... 1518, how to pass life's open book test. All of life is an open book test, meaning you are allowed to access whatever information you can get your hands on to solve any problem that you deal with in life. The challenge is there are so many books out there, metaphorically speaking and literally, that it's hard for people to get the right information because they don't know which book to look at. They don't know which library to go to. So knowing which book to look in when you need to solve a problem is just as valuable as having the book, period. So that is what we call insight is knowing which information to look for and not just having the information, period. There was a time when just having information would give you an advantage, probably about 25 years ago. 
But these days, since everyone has access to information, it's which information to look at. That's what gives you the advantage. And knowing which information to look at is what we call insight. Again, listen to episode 1177 and know more about insight. So here's the question. What do you know that other people don't know? Do you have an answer to that question? What can you see that other people cannot see? What can you understand, decipher, or figure out that another person has trouble seeing, understanding, or figuring out? These are all versions of what we call intellectual property. And that intellectual property can be packaged and sold because they have value to particular audiences. Intellectual property is just your knowledge packaged up and codified in a way that another person can benefit from it. And this requires your ability, first of all, to identify that knowledge, and secondly, your ability to systematize it in a way that somebody else can download within your brain. So you got to download it first, then you got to put it into a digestible package that another person can understand, and then they have to understand that you have it, and then they got to be willing to exchange something for it. All right, there's a whole system and steps and a process to that. I actually just laid it out for you, but you have to be able to do all of those steps in order to sell intellectual properties. It's not, not just a matter of you thinking that you know something that other people don't know. Everybody knows something other people don't know, but can you package it up and get it into the hands of another person. That's a whole different game. So going back to this person who reached out to me uh, proposing a collaboration, they reached out, but they didn't have any knowledge to offer them, offer me rather. The thing that they wanted to work with me on, I had all the knowledge of how to do the thing. That's why they reached out to me because they wanted me to offer the knowledge, which is fine if they wanted me to offer the knowledge. Okay. So that's what I'm bringing to the partnership. Now the question is, what are you bringing to the partnership? They didn't, they couldn't offer me money and they didn't have knowledge to offer me. There are a couple more options here. We're not done. But I knew I was the one who had the knowledge on how to do this thing. And that's really the main reason they came to me. It wasn't for the money. It was for the knowledge, because there was a certain thing that they knew that I knew how to do, but they didn't have any knowledge in this space, which, again, is fine because I'm filling that gap. Now, the question is, what gap can you fill? And this is a question you should be asking yourself when you want to collaborate with another person. What can you bring that they're not bringing? The person who reached out to me, they were zero on the first point, zero on the second point. We're not done now. All they had was material that they wanted to go into there because this person was, I can tell you that this person was asking me about writing a book. So I have, I think people understand, I have the knowledge on how to put a book together and also how to market, promote and sell a book, which I do. So they made a good judgment call and knowing that I was a person who could help them do this. They had all the material that they wanted to go in their book. They gave me a nice little background and synopsis on what was going to go in their book and why and you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I personally didn't really care about the material that was going in their book. All right, what does your book have to do with me? Nothing. Now, understand, I understood that I would be doing all the giving, but not receiving anything when it came to information, which again is fine, but you got to bring something to the table. But let's move on to point number three. So let's see what those other somethings are. Point number three. Today's topic, once again, is what you have to bring to the table whenever you wish to collaborate. Number three is access. What does access mean? Access, in other words, means relationships. If you read Robert G. Allen's book called Creating Wealth, and it's a book that I have mentioned here on this show a few times. And by the way, if I ever mention a book on this show, you should go buy it and read it immediately. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it sounds intriguing or not to you. If you listen to this show, all right, I've read the book and I'm suggesting that you go read it, go read it. You have nothing to lose by reading a book. Even if you only get one idea from it, it could be worth it. So Robert G. Allen's book, Creating Wealth, he talked about the four forms of intangible investment. You know, the tangible forms are cash, credit, property, and a steady income. But the intangible forms are knowledge, relationships, courage, and time. And relationships. This right here is relationships. When I say access, that's what I mean. That means you know people, you have connections that other people do not know and do not have. That matters. All right? If you can make a phone call for another person and you can get somebody on the phone that they couldn't get on the phone, 
Is that valuable? Of course it is. If you know somebody that other people don't know, does that matter? Yes, it does. Any of you who's into nightlife or have ever been into nightlife, you know that there's a big difference between having to go to a nightclub or a hot bar in town and stand in line and hope that the bouncers let you through the velvet rope versus being a person who can walk right up to the front of the line and the Whoever you're with shakes hands with the guy who's man in the front door and just lets y'all through while everybody else is still standing in line. Is that valuable? Of course it is. Knowing the right people, having the right connections, having the right positive relationships with the right people. Many of you call that networking when it's not working in your favor and you don't know the right people and not having relationships is working against you or is slowing you down or is not helping you get to where you want to go. Many of you call that politics. But there are two sides of the exact same coin that we call relationships. When you have good relationships that work in your favor, you call it networking. When you have poor relationships that are not working in your favor, you call it politics is the exact same thing. Okay. in slang terms, you want to have access to what we call the plug. All right. That's just a slang. The plug just means you are a person who has connections to a whole bunch of other people that most people don't have access to. We call that the plug. So anytime you hear that phrase, that's what it means. It simply means having strong, solid relationships with the right people in the right places. And if you're the person who has to be connected in order for other people to get into those worlds, you're the plug. You have the power of relationships. You have the power of access and you can sell the power of access. Okay. Again, Robert G. Allen's book, he talked about relationships being a form of intangible value that can be leveraged to create a create a a tangible value. So my question is, how strong are your relationships? Do you know anybody? And does anybody know you? I talked about this in episode 270. Who do you know and who knows you? Are you outside enough that you can be seen, heard, and known? I talked about this in episode 2259. This is a very important point for those of you who may have a lot of knowledge and you don't have money to play with. The thing you can make money with is the combination of knowledge and relationships. When you have knowledge and you have strong relationships with people who are out there doing stuff, you can turn that into money. Uh, If you don't have relationships and you don't have money and you don't have knowledge, then basically you're a commodity and you have to trade your time for money. This is the people who work at Subway, Starbucks and McDonald's. So think about it. Next time you go into one of those places, look at the people working there. They don't have a lot of knowledge to trade on. They don't have solid, strong relationships with people who matter and they don't have a lot of money. So they have to trade their time for money by working in those places. And this is not necessarily knocking them. This is not talking down on these people. I worked at a place like that before, too. I worked at McDonald's when I was in high school because what? I didn't have strong relationships. I didn't have a lot of money. Now, I didn't have any proprietary knowledge that was really worth money to anybody else. So I had to go work there and trade my time for money. It was the lowest common denominator option that I had. And understand, folks, this is not a Dre Baldwin opinion. These are simple facts of the economy. This is how the marketplace works. If you find yourself in this position, here's the good news. You can work your way out of it, but you have to do so intentionally. Person who I was talking to that, again, sparked the idea for this episode, they brought me an offer, but they didn't have any of these things. They didn't have proprietary knowledge to share. They didn't have any relationships, any access, and they didn't have any money to offer me. So I'm like, I'm sitting there like, okay, well, what the hell am I going to get out of this? There is one more opportunity, one more chance that this person have. Let's move on. Point number four. Today's topic, once again, is what you must bring to the table when you want to collaborate with another person. Number four is generous terms, generous terms of agreement. If you have none of the above that we've already covered, points one, two, and three, and the other party or parties are creating and providing all of the other things, here's what you got to do. You got to give up most of your ownership and most of the revenue. For example, any of you who wants to write a book, since this person who came to me was trying to write a book, I already told you that. I know many of you want to write a book. 
and you're thinking about going into the publishing world, you're thinking about whether you're going to publish your book traditionally or self-publishing, or you think that you have the choice. Many of you don't have the choice, but a lot of people think they have the choice until they actually learn how the business works. I talked about this in episode 1893, how the book business really works, traditional versus self-publishing and everything else. If you go into a traditional publishing deal, the traditional publishing company holds all the cards. They have access to, if you want your book to be in Barnes and Noble or most other bookstores out there, I guess Barnes and Noble is the biggest one now. The only one like brick and mortar that's national is still around. So if you want your book to be in Barnes and Noble or, and you want your book to be professionally designed cover and professionally designed interior, you want them to do all the work to make sure it gets edited properly, that it gets distributed to all the bookstores and all the platforms out there, the audio book, the digital books, the physical books, they're going to design it, they're going to ship it, they're going to warehouse it, they're going to do everything on your behalf. All you got to do is write the book and put your name on it. If you want them to do all of that, because that's how traditional publishing deals work, they do all of that and they put it in the contract that they pretty much have final say on how all that stuff goes. You can negotiate depending on your power, your leverage. If you have leverage, most of you don't. But if you do, let's say Barack Obama, Tony Robbins, they have leverage. You, if you're a brand new person, you don't have the leverage that they have. But if you did that deal, they got final say on all of that stuff. They're doing pretty much all the work besides the writing part. And that contract, those terms are going to be very generous towards them. If you read the contract, you will notice that. Now, if you don't read the contract, you wouldn't know. But either way, you are agreeing to some very generous terms that tilt in the direction of the publisher. Why? Because they're bringing all the value to the table. They're bringing all the substance to the table. If you think you're bringing some substance that they're not bringing and they're not willing to negotiate with you, then you probably shouldn't sign the contract. This is the way it works, folks. This is the market. If you don't have any of the above, you got to give up most of your ownership, most of the revenue, most of the power in the deal. This is what we call generous terms, generous negotiating terms. So this person who reached out to me, I told them this in no uncertain terms. I said, look, Based on what you're bringing to the table, which is not much, if me and you work together, I want to keep 95% of the money. And I didn't offer that to them like, or do you want to do that or not? I basically said to them, no, we're not going to do a deal because if we did, you are not bringing anything to the table. I'm bringing everything to the table. I will want 95% of the money. But at the same time, I didn't think what they wanted to do was that big of an opportunity that it was even worth my investment of time and energy because I was bringing all the value to the table and this person really had nothing to offer. And if they didn't do it with me, they couldn't do it with anybody else because who else is going to do the deal? Nobody. And if I didn't do business with this person again, you couldn't even get it done without me. And this is what we call a lack of leverage. So you know what leverage is, folks? Leverage is what you need in a negotiation. You're going to negotiate with another person. You got to have leverage. In other words, what do you bring to the table that makes you valuable in that conversation that you can walk away with? When you're negotiating with another person and they are leaning towards no, or they offer a no, or they offer pushback on anything, what do you have that gives you power to kind of change that no to a yes? If you don't have an answer to that, that means you have no leverage. And that means you know, you're pretty much at the mercy of the other person. You're at the mercy of the other party. Therefore, you have very little value because you couldn't do it without them. And if the person you're sitting across from the table knows you couldn't get this thing done without them, then you're going to get taken to the cleaners, as we say, in your negotiation. Or some of you, if you want to use more crude terms, you'll get effed in that negotiation. All right, you know what I'm saying. So what does the other person, the other side, even need you for? You should have an answer to this question, and you should know this before you sit down at the table. Why somebody need to do business with you? Understand something, folks. Most people would not say these words directly to you. Most of the people you negotiate with in life will not tell you these things directly. So you should be listening very careful to everything I'm saying here, because even though they might not say it, they're thinking it. 
And you still need to have something of value to bring to a situation. Otherwise, again, why would anybody do a deal with you if you don't have anything to offer in this situation? And understand, this doesn't just apply in business. This applies also in relationships. Any of you who's in an intimate relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, what do you bring to the table that that person needs or wants? If you have friends, what do you bring to the table that they need or want? You play a sport, you're on the team. What do you bring into the team that the team needs or wants? If you left the team, what would be missing if you're not there anymore? What do you have that is of value that other people want? When you know the answer to that, those are the only people you should be focusing on talking to every single day and ignore everybody else. If you can't answer the question, you're going to have trouble doing business, folks. I mean, does anybody not understand this? This is how the marketplace works. The good news is, even after all of this, with everything that I said here today, and you come up zeros on everything that I've said, you can still work on your game and build value within yourself. You can get better at these things. But if right now you're at a certain position that gives you no leverage, you need to recognize that and do something about it. But you got to be intentional. This stuff doesn't happen by accident. So listen to episode number 2025, 2025, so you can learn more about how to actually get this done. You believe we got over 2,000 episodes of this show? Anyway, let's recap today's class, which is what you must bring to the table anytime you want to partner with somebody. Somebody came to me offering a partnership deal, but they were missing all of these points. Therefore, we didn't do a deal. Number one, money. Money is a universal language of business. Most people who are in business are listening if you offer them money. Doesn't mean they'll always say yes, but you can at least get their attention. Point number two, knowledge. Access to information another person simply doesn't have or more accurately, insights, meaning you know which information to look for and which questions to ask that other people would not understand. This is what we call intellectual property. And when you can package up and codify and sell your intellectual property, uh, then you can use knowledge as a leverage tool, as a selling tool. But just having access to the information, period, is not usually enough because everybody can access information these days. Number three, access to people, connections, in other words, relationships. Positive relationships, we call that networking. Negative relationships or non-existent relationships, we call that politics. But there are two sides of the exact same coin. Robert G. Allen talked about this in his book, Creating Wealth. Relationships is one of the intangible forms of value that can be translated into a tangible form of value. So if you don't have money, you don't have credit, you don't have cash, you don't have property, you don't have a steady paycheck, but you know the right people, you can leverage those into getting the thing that you want. We call that being the plug, the person who knows the other people and you control the access to those people. You can charge money just for that. This is a very important point for those of you who may not have a ton of knowledge to share or money to play with, have solid relationships. But if you're not outside, nobody knows you and you don't know anybody, then you don't have that either. And if you don't have knowledge, you don't have money, you don't have relationships, then what you will have is a job at Subway, Starbucks or McDonald's. Again, not a negative thing. Some, everybody has to start somewhere. I started there, but I was able to build up my knowledge, my relationships and build up financial resources. Like you got to be able to do these things. But understand when you're at that place is because you're missing these other things. You become a commodity and commodities are easily interchangeable and they are of low value. Number four, generous terms. If you have none of the above, then you got to give generous terms and basically get raked over the coals in any negotiation because you don't have any leverage. Leverage is what you can walk away with, what you bring to the table that cannot be replaced by the other party that they can't do without you. And if you don't have anything that the other party can't get done sans you, then you have no leverage. And when you don't have leverage, you got to give generous terms if you can even get that. And somebody still may walk away from you, just as I did from this person who reached out to me and saying, let's collaborate on a project, but they didn't have anything to bring to the collaboration. I'll be providing all the value. Good news is, even after all this, you can still work on your game and build value within yourself, but you have to be intentional about this. It does not happen by accident. It does not happen by osmosis. You have to actually do the work. How can you do that? First of all, Go to workonyourgameuniversity.com. Get access to my work on your game system where I show you how to develop your game, 
put your game out into the world and get ROI from your game. That is the three-step overall process. And there's a nine-step system to the Work On Your Game system. You get access to that and get coached directly by me on how to implement it at workonyourgameuniversity.com. Other thing you can do right now is send me a text if you didn't already to get my daily motivation free of charge to your phone every day. My number is 305-384-6894. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused, and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number, 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge, 305-384-6894.